but my words shall not pass away. My words shall not pass away. I'm speaking tonight with God's help on this subject, and I'm going to use two or three scriptures. I'll let you be seated in just a moment. Uh, is God's word enough? Is God's word enough? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Look at verse 9. I want you to read the whole chapter, if you will, before you go to bed tonight. But if I would go through the whole chapter, like, really, uh, how I feel should call for, I may have some of you not falling out of a third-story window. But I may have you here to 12. And I don't want to do that. School starts in the morning. Verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Is God's word enough? Then I want you to notice, and we'll go on down to verse 32. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. I'll run the way of thy commandments. In other words, I, don't, I won't run against them. Then in verse 41, let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. Is God's word enough for salvation? One scripture says we're begotten by the word. Is that enough? Verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. It's God's word enough to quicken me in my affliction. Verse 62, at midnight, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments or thy word. Then 65. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Verse 71. 
It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Verse 75. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thy unfaithfulness hast afflicted me. You just, is God's word right in everything? 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Are you glad for that? One oh five. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Is God's word enough? Verse one sixteen. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. And let me not be ashamed of my hope. You better underline that one. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live. And let me not be ashamed of my hope. Is God's word enough for that? Verse 26 is another you better underline. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. For they have made thou thy law. Verse 133. Order my steps in thy word. You may be seated, but stay where you are. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Is God's word sufficient enough for my steps so no iniquity will have a dominion over me? Verse 147. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. One fifty three. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Now I'm not just taking up time reading scripture. The Holy Ghost has quickened every one of these to me to read to you tonight. One fifty four, plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. Verse one sixty.
Thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And then 164. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments or your word. I do it seven times a day just for the word. So it must be pretty potent. One seventy. Let my supplication come before thee, deliver me according to thy word. And then one seventy five, I want everybody to read it. Is God's word enough? Let's everybody pray. <coughs> Experiences that we have bring us to whatever environment we are in at this very time. When we were born into this world, Life began, and so did the process of death. It was not by our choice that it did begin, but it did. Somewhere, at some time, these forces that begin parallel with life that is life and death, they will turn on one another and they will force one another because death is an enemy to life and life is an enemy to death. They're not in a partnership. They can't be. They're in a battle. They're in a war. But somewhere, these two forces are going to get on a collision course. That would be like, say, Brother Bushnell at the door there. And say, Brother Hasty is meeting him at the door. Somewhere between this point and that point, they're going to meet. They have an appointment to meet. And they're going to face one another. And there's going to be a battle fought. And death and life are going to meet head on with threatening things to bring it to pass. Now, in these trying circumstances, 
we can turn to the Word of God for comfort. Isn't that enough? The Bible says the Lord gave the word. In Psalm 68, and many there be that published it. I believe if God gave it, it's good enough. In fact, Ecclesiastes, the preacher said in 8 and 4, where the word of the king is, notice the word. There is power. Paul wrote to the Roman church in 10 and 8, the word is nigh thee. And then Jeremiah said, and 1 and 12, I will hasten my word to perform it. If Naomi, he'll hasten his word to perform it. And then Hebrews tells us in 4.12 that the word of God is quick. Psalm says, and 138 and 2, that his word is above his name. And look what the name can do. How many believe there's power in the name? There's salvation in the name. And the Bible says the word is above his name. This being so, the Word says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, There hath no temptation in this respect speaks of a trial to approve, not a trial to see if there's any evil in a person's heart. But there is no trial I want you to hear that taking you T A K E N Come here, Brother Bush now. There's another thing in seeing a trial, and it's quite another thing when a trial has taken you. Like I have taken Brother Bush. Taken. And put in the fire. And put in the lion's den and put in front of a Red Sea. Put in a prison. Taking you. 
and I feel like there are some trials that take us. But he said, there's none that has taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, somewhere in my word, you can find an answer for it and a deliverance from it. Everybody say hallelujah. You're not a long ranger. And you're sure not riding a Palomino. Not when you're taken in a trial. But it's common to every man. If you haven't had yours yet, I smell it coming. I smell the fire. I see the flame. You better not be quick to judge somebody else that's already going through it. You hadn't got there yet, boy. But you're on your way. Then see if you stick your tongue out at it or not. There's a trial. And you're going to be tried. So as by fire. Not to see if there's any evil in you, but to approve you. To mow you. To mend you. To farm you. To make you. To shape you and to bless you. Let's thank God for every one of them tonight. This is what makes me happy. When I'm Taken with a trial to approve me, and I'm put in whatever situation or circumstance. It makes me meet that old death head on. I'm glad to report that God's word is enough because He said He was faithful. But God is faithful. <laughs> he won't discharge himself, neither will he be slack. He's faithful. Who will not suffer? Why? Oh, you. This is just simply telling me that he won't put up 
with me being tempted above I'm able to bear. He just won't put up with it. That's the word of God. We shout about songs. Why can't we shout about the word? suffer you or put up with you being tried above your capability of being tried. Because if he didn't trust you with the trial and know he was able to bring you through, he'd have never ever put you in that predicament. But notice, but will with the temptation. He will with this that taken you. Also, everybody say also. also. Make a way. Listen, let them say what they want to about the Red Sea. If God put angels across it for pontoon bridge, they got across. But that's not how it happened. God made a way in the sea. And I believe there's a sea in front of somebody here tonight. And God's going to make a way in that sea. Let's thank God for that way. He's the way maker. <laughs> Woo! He'll make a way for you to escape. God's got a fire escape. But just like anything else, you've got to pull it down. Don't expect him to do it all. There it is. I'm in a fire. I know you're in one, but see that fire escape? Pull it down. Get on it and walk out of here. What you think he got you two feet for? That's not only to stand on, that's to walk with. You pull that escape down and you start climbing Jacob's ladder and you get out of that predicament because I believe we're serving a God that's able to do it. I feel like I'm on about the seventh round of that ladder right tonight. Mama. 
He will, with the temptation, make a way to escape that ye may be able. That you may be able. God's able, I'm going to make you able. Sometimes we read over the words too fast. That you may be able to run and not be weary. To walk and not faint. To climb and not fall. To swim and not drown. To drive and not have a wreck. That you may be able to bear it. What he what he's really telling us here. He's making up a boat with these circumstantial things. He's making really that's the the gopher wood for it. The gopher wood of distress. Sorrow. Sickness, disappointment, financial difficulty, and whatever your predicament is. That's the plank that he's making up the escape boat with for you. That he may bring you. To a safe landing place. And you can't be brought to a safe landing place unless these materials are fully pitched within and pitched without. Because there cannot be one leak. Is God's word enough? Hebrews 1 and 3 says, Upholding all things by the word of His power. Sounds like that's enough to me. He upholds all things by the word of His power. Hey, what are you worried about? What are you perplexed about? Back to Isaiah 59, the Scripture says, verses 16 through 21, we will not read. Verse 19, but a portion of them. He said there was no man, no intercessor, but his arm brought salvation, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And put on a garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. 
is God's word enough? Notice that prophecy there. Cloven, he was clad with, and with zeal as a cloak. And we find this prophecy fulfilled in John 1. In the beginning was the word. Is God's word enough? And the word was with God, and the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God in verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. The word was clad. Was Jesus enough? He was God's Word. I said, is Jesus enough? Hey, is Jesus enough tonight? Says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord. From the rising of the sun. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Because the same scripture says, Our God, our Redeemer, shall come to Zion. And I feel like he rode in here tonight. Isaiah 35. You of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He'll come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open. Everybody say, the eyes of the blind shall be open. Now, is God's word enough? Blind Bartimaeus thought so. He said he'd open up the eyes of the blind, and that's enough for me. I'm getting to him, and I'm going to get his attention. And he got it. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. God's word is enough. Then shall the lame man leap as in a heart. And the tongue of the dumb sing. Sorrow and sighing shall be no more. Is God's word enough? In Isaiah, the 55th chapter, says, And with his stripes we are healed. Is God's word enough? Matthew 8 and 8, the Bible says, the centurion sent his servants, just tell the master, just speak the word only. I believe it's enough. He don't have to come to my house. God's word is enough. And then if you'll notice the same 8th chapter of Matthew in the 16th verse. When the evening was come, 
they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. If it's the will of God to be sick, then Jesus crossed that will head on. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah, hallelujah. Luke 5 and 5, no matter if I'm tired and I'm weary, I'm worn and I'm torn, I've had a bad day. Nevertheless, at thy word, we'll go fishing again. I'll let down the net. Is God's word enough? And in closing, after these two statements, when a terrible storm called on Jesus. I want you to call on him now. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Like you're in real distress now. Call on him. And I'm going to stand on the Word tonight. Verse 126, it's time for thee, Lord, to work. Call that name again. Come on, church. I believe we're awakening that Holy Ghost Spirit tonight. He wants you to awake Him. The Word's enough. The Word is enough.
And Jesus stood up and stretched forth his arms and said, Peace, be still. Is God's word enough? Every demon spirit in that wind had to lay down like a kitten. There wasn't a ripple on that sea. You talk about slick as glass. It was sick as, slick as glass because God's word was enough. declare unto you tonight with the authority that's invested in the name of Jesus Christ that the Word of God is sufficient. Let's thank God for it. away, but my words shall stand forever. <laughs> no end to this message tonight. But it's time to call on Jesus. The Word has authorized us and given us authority in His glorious name. And we stake our claim in the name tonight. The other night we staked our claims on prayer and fasting and faith and works. But tonight, in the center of it all, I see Calvary, and I see the blood, and I behold him, and because of it, he's given me authority to take dominion over all the works of the devil.
And I don't have to go to any other source than the Word of God. Because the Word is enough. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They shall take up serpents, and they shall not hurt them. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. I'm standing on the Word. He said, ask what you will believe in, in my name, and it shall be done. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Remember, I'm standing on something that will never pass away. Your doubt will pass away. Your unbelief will pass away. Your folly will pass away. But the Word of God will stand forever. Everybody raise your hands and worship God. <coughs> Hey, friend, I'm not speculating tonight. I don't need to because I'm serving the speculator. I'm serving the one that told me there was no speed limits. And the help and the answer was here. I'm serving the one that told me to don't back up. That's the reason I come to this church tonight. And I'm going to obey the command. He said, tarry until. Tarry until. Tarry until. Worship God. Until you be endued with the promise from on high. And the equivalent in the Bible. What is the difference, Jesus said? And to say, thy sins be forgiven. Or rise up and walk. It is the equivalent, the promise. The blood, the blood. One, blood from his side drawn by a sword. Blood from his back drawn by a whip. But nevertheless, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. And I thank God for the blood tonight and for the healing virtue tonight and for the glory of God tonight and for the victory tonight that I feel in this service. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord. <coughs>
am not standing on sinking sand, but on that solid rock, I take my stand. All right, now call on Jesus again. Back up and don't call on him no more. Forget it, Bartimaeus. Don't call on Jesus no more. Back up. Don't claim it. Back up. Don't accept it. Glory. Hallelujah. Hey, David. You might as well stop there. Don't keep crying like that. You, you go. <laughs> hey, now there goes Brother Enlow. You get one going and another one starts. Say, this is like fire. It catches on. I feel like faith is catching on here tonight. And all we got to do is turn our faith loose and let God have his way. What are you standing on tonight? Upon this rock, Sister Bankins, quote it. Now let me tell you something, folks. I know I'll be tired when I get through. But up till now, I've never felt better in all of my life. So you stop worrying about me. 
I'd rather go from here than any other place anyway. So stop worrying about it. Oh, hallelujah. It's in the name of Jesus. And I don't know when I was any more tired because I got no rest this evening at the preacher funeral and come right straight to church. Just went by home for a little while and changed clothes. I'm not doing this bragging in myself. I'm showing you the glory of God. If what you want is in this book, you stand up and accept it and claim it. Claim it, claim it, claim it. It's in the book, it's in the book. There's, there's still something needs to take place among us. Now, come on, get ready and stake your claim tonight. Stake it. And then tie on to it. And don't be moved. Paul says nothing shall move me. Sister Creel. Testifying. I look over at my Aunt Hazel. 
I look over at Sister Ripley. I look at different ones of you. Sister Mamie's mother, I can remember her just worshiping and shouting and praising God. Aunt Hazel's mother, my daddy's mother, is my grandmother, Tim's great-grandmother. I think of those old-timers. I think, Lord, I never, ever the first time can remember seeing those people one bit discouraged. Never. Those precious old saints were always the same. I've known Sister Ripley for about 16 years now, and she's always the same. There's something, Mamie, that kept Aunt Riley. There's something that made Uncle Dave shout. <laughs> I can still see Mom Betty lift those little old hands and worship God. <laughs> they didn't always have it like we have it now. In fact, I don't know if they ever did. But something kept them faithful. Something kept them from ever thinking about looking back. I was just praying one day this week, and I thought to myself, Lord, your people have always been set apart. They've always been different. You said we would be. I'm so thankful that the thing that set those precious old saints way back there, set them apart, and set them on a solid rock that kept them through the good times and through the bad is the same thing that we've got today. I love the Word, and I'm so thankful for, for what knowledge I have of the Word. But I am so thankful for what I have seen all the years of my life. The thing that I've seen those precious old people just bow down, I've seen their hearts broken, I've seen them worried, I've seen them hurt, I've seen them crushed, but I never saw him ever entertain a thought that his grace was not sufficient or that his word was not enough. It never entered their minds, never entered their minds because they were built on a sure foundation, a solid rock. That rock is telling us about this tonight. On this rock, I'll build my church. Oh, 
am so glad that I am anchored. I'm so glad that I'm standing on a sure foundation. I'm so glad that there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Oh, I'm so glad that I have found by experience that Jesus Christ is the same. He's what kept those precious old saints that I'm telling you about. And he's what keeps us. Listen, there is nothing that we can face that is new. It may come in a different form or something, but, but everything's basically the same. But I'm so glad that I find in the Word, I'm so glad that I know by experience that His grace is sufficient. And that his word is enough. Oh, I love that word. I love that word. <laughs> oh, I love that word. I love that word. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to hide it away in my heart. That I might not sin against him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love that word. I'm so glad that I know I am kept by that word. I want you to know, if you had known, and I'm sure you've got some dear relatives that if you were up here, you could tell me about some precious relatives that, ha that you have seen that have come through thick and thin, that they have lived for God when it looked like everything was failing, but because they were built on a solid rock, a sure foundation, and because they knew in their hearts that his word is enough. You never see them change. Are you thankful? You know that's a heritage. That is a heritage. I'm so thankful. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've never inherited wealth from my grandparents. They didn't leave me not one thing as far as this world is concerned. But I want you to know that little old Mo Betty left me something that I hope I never, ever get away from. She showed me, she taught me, and she showed me that his word is enough. And I've got three little precious grandchildren. My dad called me over today. He said, I want you to come see this church service. And those three little old angels were having church. Oh, yeah, Jonathan and Andrew had to take a poke at each other. But listen, they were having church, too. After they fought a little, they were still having church. 
And I want you to know, I pray that those three little children never know anything except this truth. I want them to be able to say, my grandmother was founded on this truth. She taught it to me, and she showed me that his grace is sufficient and that his word is enough. Do you feel that way tonight? Thank you for your word. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to go to a loved one tonight that's in this church. And if you don't have uh, a relative, you go to someone else that doesn't have one. And y'all just be like one tonight. And I, and I want you to tell them how much you appreciate them, how much you love them. Go to mama, daddy, brother, sister, whoever. I want you to make this a little family thing right here in church tonight and tell them how much you love one another. Mm-hmm. 